Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of the X Button Podcast. Today I'm joined by Jay and Jim. And uh, what's up, Jim? My mic muted. Hold on. Is the red light supposed to be on? Quit fucking swinging the mic around. <laughs> you wanted me to hold it. Oh and it's, sit, it's it sitting on my stomach so every time I breathe oh, I or laugh, it's going to fucking move. Wait, can I cuss on you? No. Yeah. Just say, look yeah, at you, you it. Can. Say fank instead of fuck. Okay. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm back. It's nice to be back. Thanks for having me back. What about you, Jay? What have you been up to? Uh, hey, it's nice to be back. Thanks for having me back. Jay is an, all right. So I'm gonna mute Jay's mic. What for saying the same thing Jim said? That was quick. It only took about thirty seconds. Uh, yeah, yeah he's already hell? pissing me That's off. That's a he's already, he's already putting me on edge. I wanted to talk about ha- Horizon. I want to dedicate a whole episode to God of War. Jim Ooh. finally beat God of War, and I think it's important for us to talk about God of War. We've all beaten it at this point. All right, let's talk about it. And there may be spoilers. So if you haven't listened to or if you haven't played the game, then I probably wouldn't listen to this episode. But uh, we're going to go deep. Do you smell what the doom? <laughs> <laughs> do you smell what the doom? What, what do you think of God of War, Jim? <laughs> Hello? Uh, I'm trying to reset. Hold on. Hold Hello? <clears throat> Jay? Give him that line again. Is this, yeah, is this thing on? Am I all alone? Keep the line. Wait, it's not muted, right? The red light's on. It's, it's not <laughs> it's, muted. Okay. If it's muted, it'll Fuck. start blinking. All right. And you can see the waves. Boom, look, boom, look the waves. boom, boom. Okay, yeah, I see it. The Rock says, so, uh, so what do okay. you feel about God of War? God of War was awesome. I loved it. It. Uh, I wish I would have played it a lot earlier. It came out in 2018, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not playing it. But I'm fi- I'm glad I finally got to it. Everybody in our circle is saying it's the best game they've ever played. So I had to try it out. And it's officially the best game I've ever played. So so what is it rank in your top five? It's, it's number one. It's the best game I've ever played. Hey, oh yeah, you just said that. Didn't just you? said that. What did you think of it, Jay? Give a brief, mm. little, brief little description of it, and uh, we'll move on to dissecting that bastard. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was a very good game. Honestly, it's up there for top, my top five as well. It's, it's. It went a direction that I needed from the God of War franchise because I love God of War and the themes of it, and like the settings and all that shit. It's just. I didn't like how the, the first, second, and third were. How it's just like a hack and slash type type deal. So I'm glad they changed it up. Single player format works really well, and it really made me care about uh, Kratos and Boy. So. I thought it, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Uh, it's definitely. I think it is my top game of all time so far. That I'm like, I don't. I don't think I could put another game above it. It's just so good. Not Last of Us too. I mean, it's debatable, but no. I'd put God of War above Last of Us 2. You so put it above Ghost debate. of Tsushima? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What the hell? Well, everyone, uh, half of our group says Ghost of Tsushima is number Ghost one. Ghost is great, but it's... it's no, then no one says it's number one. I thought Steve or Phil or Groob or somebody one. said it was Nobody number one. Nobody put it Probably number one. Groob. Groob may have put it yeah, number one. Yeah, Groob may have put it on number one. Well, Groob's wrong about everything. Shout well, out, yeah. shout out to Goofy Goober. You're, you're, you're the one copying them. So you're wrong now. <laughs> no, no, it's still number one for me. I, I thought the game was awesome. I usually, well, oh, last that last episode I was on, I kind of went into history of the games I usually play, but which is usually like sports games and stuff. But so it was, you know, like to play an adventure game like this of this of this magnitude was awesome, and uh, you know, it was really easy to follow. Having never played a God of War game previously, um, and you told me, Joe, after after playing it and finishing the story to watch that documentary mm-hmm. from from Sony's YouTube page and uh I've watched some, I haven't watched all of it yet but it's really interesting to kind of 
see how the process came along and all that kind of stuff. So I'm always interested in the behind the scenes stuff. So what were you what were your guys' impressions of the world they built? Because this is different than the original ones. The original ones were based based in like what Greek Greek mythology. mythology yeah. yeah. So this is in Norse mythology. <clears throat> what y'all think of the setting and the characters? I was very weary of it because I didn't know how they're. Because that, that was a whole meme in the God of War franchise after the ending of 3, where they're like, oh, well, they're going to grow into other cultures. So I was really skeptical about it, him going into Norse shit and assumingly killing Odin eventually and stuff. But uh, I really like it. It's a beautiful setting, and I also want to play it again to do the photo mode so I can have it as a background for my computer. <laughs> Jim? Because yeah, like, I, mean, I already got a Horizon background. Yeah, I mean, I again, I've never played the other games, so there's not anything for me to compare it to, but... Just playing other games and just like actually experiencing God of War, and it was just constantly like I playing on the PS5. I was constantly like every it seemed like every ten minutes stopping and taking a screenshot just because it was I was just so blown away by the surroundings or the scene that was going on or mm-hmm. whatever the case. So it just I, I and I don't do that with any game. I did that with a little bit with the Miles Morales. That was like the first PS5 game I played. And, you know, they, they kind of built it like that. There's just so much so much to the scene, so much to the city, all these breathtaking graphics and all that kind of stuff. And I thought that was God of War. I mean, it was it was incredible all the way through. Yeah, the uh, the photo mode came late after it, it released. So, uh, like, me and the boys didn't get to mess around with that too much. We beat it before that. and uh, But it did look interesting. You can change, like, the faces and get rid of the characters and... Mm-hmm. A bunch of filters. It, it looks like a very diverse one. I think Ghost of Tsushima has the best photo mode. Mm-hmm. So if you do take like stop and take photos, you're gonna you're gonna spend forever on Ghost taking photos. I, ha- I happened to see somebody on Twitter post because they had just played Ghost and they were posting. They were like, "These are photos that I took," and and the photos looked like they weren't even like gameplay. Photos. Like they looked like yeah, like artist yeah. concept type photos. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe this is in the game. This is like, incredible. So I'm really excited to get to that eventually. So I have like gigs worth of screenshots from that game. Yeah, like that photo was it? Would you say that's the first major photo mode in a game? Like, is that what kind of set it off? Set off photo mode for PS5 at least or PS4? I mean, I wouldn't say it's just. I think it works best in that world. Yeah, like it just worked really, really well in that world because of the leaves. It had a bunch of features uh, in terms of like the lighting, and you can pretty much make it nighttime and daytime and shit. You can you can really it gives you a lot of options. I can't really think of a better one off the top of my head, just simply because Horizon. Horizon has a very. I've been playing with that. Sorry to cut you off, but I've been playing with the photo mode, and the photo mode is beautiful in that game. Mm-hmm. Well, with with Ghost, the first time I'd ever seen video of it was this video that was going viral on Facebook or just in social media in general, uh, like a year or two before the game came out. And I guess it was like alpha footage of the early footage of the gameplay. And he was like in a, whoever the character is, was in like a grass field and just seeing how the grass was moving. I I knew that it was going to be like one of those incredible experiences to play. Mm. So I'm sure the photo mode is is remarkable on there. I'm, I, mm. I can't wait to get into that. I think that and Spider-Man are like the two I've spent the most time in photo mode-wise. Mm-hmm. Oh, because yeah. it, it works so well. They give you so many options. It's it's bad when they don't give you a lot of options. Yeah. And well, that's, that's how God of War is. God of War is really in-depth with all the filters. Like, mm-hmm. I don't... I, I mean, I don't mess with a lot of photo modes, but... I like even when I play sports games like with 2K if something cool happens I'm 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 in there doing replays and stuff but with God of War like just being able to change their faces I've never seen in a photo mode so 
and obviously with a game that's like always serious and always kind of like a dark type of feeling with God of War, it's it, it's kind of it's interesting and kind of fun to like be able to com- completely change the mood by changing Kratos's face or changing Atreus's face or you know whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was a lot of fun playing with that. Yeah, um, in terms of the story, uh, to switch off photo mode for a bit, the the story is based on him returning the ashes to that cliff, or I guess releasing the ashes, mm. and it it kind of. Uh, I think the emotion they draw out of Kratos and that whole storyline of giving giving him a son and shit is so good because in the older games, since like both of you guys haven't played the older games, mm-hmm. he's literally just like yelling and just wreaking havoc on all these gods like that's all he's doing, and brutally murdering them. On this one, even at the beginning when the visitor shows up, he just does not want to fuck with anything. Like he's literally in retirement, but even in the game, he's like still like he's got to keep up for his son. He's got to do this thing for his his old girl. I mean, I, I I love I love the story for that game, just because it's so it's so deep in a game where uh, there wasn't a lot of story to begin with, really. That was probably one of my favorite parts that you brought. Now that you brought that up, that part with the stranger. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that was so dope because that was just like, I was like, holy shit, <laughs> this this dude just like punched the shit out of out of Kratos, and I thought it was someone weird. Like I thought it was like. I don't know. I thought it was like a bad rendition of like uh, Thor or some shit. Yeah. I was like, I don't I have no idea who this is. And it's at the very beginning of the game. So you're just like immediately, almost immediately thrown into the. Yeah. And I was like, it just kind of was like, whoa. Which, it, which as far as the fighting, fighting, I guess the fighting bosses and, and those kind of things in God of Wars. I think today or yesterday I ran across some article that ranked all the fighting bosses and scenes that you can do in all the God of War games. And I had that one last, which I was really surprised by. So I don't know if that speaks to how well the boss fights are in the other God of War games because I've never played them. But I mean, I thought it was maybe it's just like because the fight fighting the visitor isn't you're not controlling it that much. It's kind of just watching the scene unfold. And then when the time comes, you kind of press R1 to punch or do a light or heavy punch or whatever or dodge them. So I guess they just kind of made it not as like full control as maybe other boss fights, but I was kind of surprised to see that last. So yeah, I think it, I think it's also because they it kind of works like as a tutorial because it's the beginning of the game and it's also on rails a bit with the cutscenes because you're kind of fighting and then you'll get hit and you'll go flying mm-hmm. and like it's basically a cutscene yeah. and then you go back to the same fighting you were doing. Um, the other, I mean, the older games, those boss fights are dope. Like. It's a lot of like hacky, hacky stuff because it's a hack and slash, and you're just tapping square the whole time and whatnot. But the um, the way it ends some of the battles, like mm-hmm. the Hades fight, I think it's Hades or no uh, Helios. It's like yeah. all of them. <laughs> like, yeah, they're all just like brutal as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's one where he goes like first person and is just beating the shit out of somebody. Like, uh, Ali, uh, I haven't played those games, but I have seen those fights, yeah. and those fights are fucking insane. Like uh, for. I think it's Helios, the or Hermes. He uh, to end the fight, he fucking chops off both of his feet because he's the one that can like run Damn. fast. Yeah. Wow. So he, he chops off his feet, and then you get like fast running boots, so you can kind of like do a quick dash and shit. Mm. Oh my god! But yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, in God of War 2018, I think the introduction of the axe was like a good choice too, mm-hmm. because it kind of left us wanting it, it didn't even leave us wanting really it was like they made it satisfying gameplay with a new mechanic 
And then halfway through, they're like, oh, yeah, here's the here's the old weapons. What did y'all think of that scene? That was amazing. That was such a good way to reintroduce it because he doesn't really go into why, uh, <clears throat> like, like where he put them or why he put them away or anything. Yeah. Which, well, actually, he does. He, I mean, you, you, see a, you see a brief glimpse of it at the beginning of the game. When uh, Trace is down there, you can see the rags under the under oh, the yeah. wood. But it's like so quick and short that like you wouldn't notice it if you weren't looking for it. But yeah, and just the whole Athena's dialogue compared to him like picking it up and like wrapping around his arms again. Mm-hmm. That was fucking epic. Where he where she was like, "You will always be a monster." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the shit powers up. Oh, and the sky too. Yeah. The whole thing about it was ten out of ten for me. Yeah, because yeah. Athena like tormented him in the first three games. Mm-hmm. So that whole scene was basically just like. He was getting his old weapons, but it was also kind of like reminding you that like this isn't the old games, like this is he's he's a new person still. He might be playing with the same toys, but like this is a different story and a different mm-hmm. time, and he's forgetting all that. Yeah, and even still, it's like the writing in the game just puts him just like the visitor at the beginning. He's always in like danger, like no matter what, there are people are always coming for him. So I think it's cool to see like him in a new setting and a new mythology with new creatures and shit. And like Thor at the end, like all kinds of shit that he's now got to face in the hopefully the next two games. What did you think about the? What did you think about the Blades of Chaos? Yeah, so I, I I'd always heard about the Blades of Chaos, but never having previous played a game like I've said a million times, I never knew what it was about. I never knew what they could do, any of that kind of stuff. So when you leave the house with the Blades of Chaos and you first get to use it, I'm just like, holy crap! Like this is like like you just do so much more. Like you can wipe out so many more enemies at the same time. It's it's more like I think they call it crowd control or whatever, mm. instead of just. What well, I, I guess that, that's what I found out because I think you get them maybe a little less than halfway through the story. So there's a good chunk of the story where you're using both, mm. and I really like how they implemented your. You kind of have to use both. You can't really just rely on one yeah. if you want to get to the end of the story. So it made it really cool how interactive it was to. Use your blades of chaos, depending on the enemy you're fighting, and then switch to the Leviathan to you know knock something out of the air, mm-hmm. and use your fist. While you know it was just I, I, I like found it fun to be creative trying to mix all three aspects up, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. And as soon as I, I mean, the blades of chaos were definitely my favorite to use. Um, I don't know if it was the most powerful, but it just it just seemed like you were just doing so much with it and you could hit so many especially if they're weaker enemies and you're kind of fighting hordes of them it was just easier to kind of do damage all at the same time so yeah up until that point it was a lot of you'd be running into a group of people but you'd have to have the axe so yeah it was a lot of like freezing certain people with the axe and then beating up other people like that that was like the management but with those blades you can kind of just hit square and it'll fucking like slash a ton of them at Mm -hmm. once and and again like like we mentioned last time like the the pretty much required aspect of a trace being there and having to utilize him to hit like the witches that disappeared. I struggled with them at first, but really the only way to defeat them is you have to use a trace. You have to stun them with the arrow mm-hmm. and then throw your ax and then run upon them and use your blades of chaos or use your fist. So it, it there's, that's what I really enjoyed about the game. The, the whole combat, you know, system of the game was is the best I think I've ever used in any game, mm-hmm. and um, just how they force you to 
use so many different aspects and put them together. I thought mm. I thought it was really well done. The whole concept of like throwing your axe and you can call it back to you, and you you don't even you're not even dependent on the axe. That's the most brilliant part to me, just because mm-hmm. like it makes it so unbelievably fluid. It's it doesn't even feel like a game. Yeah, like it's it's exactly like with Last of Us, uh, two, two. Uh, it's exactly like with Last of Us 2 where it's just like the combat flows seamlessly with the story and you don't even like if the button commands didn't come up I would think it was a cutscene mm-hmm. like and that's the same thing with God of War because you can just uh, throw your axe at someone freeze them and then just like start fucking shit up with your fist and then call it back and I thought that was really awesome yeah, yeah. I agree and I, I mean I, I think kind of going off the Another, we've kind of touched on it, but another really good part of God of War is, is the story itself. So, I mean, I've played games lately. As I mean, yesterday, like I was playing A Way Out with Jacob, and we platted it in a day or two. We like it was, it was a pretty short game to play. It's pretty easy, pretty simple. Um, but the, there's these cutscenes are so long, and if you're not invested and interested in the story, it's, it's you're just in there like, oh my god, I wish I could skip these cutscenes. And I think in that game you can. We couldn't figure out how to skip them, so you just kind of have to watch it. And they just went so long at times. And God of War, it felt like that at times, but you didn't mind because the story is so interesting. Like, you're just kind of yeah. hooked from the very beginning. Oh, and yeah. it's, yeah. I, and, and I'm somebody that likes the whole mytho- mythological aspect anyway. And um, so, yeah, it, it was right in my alley with God of War. And some of my favorite moments, too, were moments where, like, you were you were just in, like, a boat. You were just in the boat, like, fucking around with Mimir and uh, Boy. Mm-hmm. Just like telling stories and stuff. That is, that was probably some of my favorite parts, honestly. And also the cutscenes where you could see Kratos is like working on his anger and like trying to make Boy better than him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not really trying to use rage against him. He's trying to, he like, you could tell he like genuinely cares about him and he wants him to be better. Uh, and another moment where I think the story really shined was the part where he had to ret- ret- retrieve the, some sort of key. And Kratos goes into like that little white void type thing, mm-hmm. and he hears like Faye calling to him, his wife. I was like, "Damn, that is awesome!" Because that is such a side, such a big side of Kratos that we ne- we've never seen before. Yeah, like uh, yeah. like uh, in love, Kratos. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. I mean, fuck. I mean, even even his whoever chick was uh, his girl in this game that's dead at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole game is based around her, so. I think he has like a soft spot for like his the women he runs into. Yeah. Unless you're in the older games and it's literally a mini game of you fucking a bunch of whores. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he, he fucked Aphrodite. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Clapped your cheeks. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested in playing the old God of War games. Like I've you seen, should. I've should. seen videos of them on YouTube and it it looks interesting. It looks completely different than this God of War, obviously, but. Again, I, I like the story of it. I like that mythological aspect, and I'm kind of interested because this one, I mean, th- there is like a touch of Zeus, and but there, I, I don't think you really interact with many other like gods or goddesses in this game. If I can, if I'm remembering right, like you interact with a lot of witches and yeah, you mess with Baldur, yeah, Hela, and Hela and or Freya, I mean. or, yeah, 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 and then you get to go to uh, is it Helheim? Mm-hmm. Helheim, dude, how sick was the Helheim? That was awesome. With the big ass crow. I, I, yeah. my, my favorite part was, was how they got to Helheim because it was boys dumb at, or actually what they're on the dragon fighting uh, Balder remember yeah, yeah. and they mm-hmm. crash into Helheim yeah. my favorite part when he was scolding boy because at that point he was acting like a, such a dick 
<laughs> yeah, like, no, yeah, boy. Yeah. He was just like, because he was on his god kick, so he was like, oh, we're, we're better than these yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, So you guys haven't played uh, the older games, but uh, what do you guys think of like Atreus as a whole? Because he could have been easily a... It could have been easily like a escort quest where the whole game is about you keeping them alive, and it could have been done so wrong, but they did it right. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about how he was like portrayed in this game and how he worked as a game mechanic? I I, I think he was probably one of my favorite parts also, just because I love a game where they introduce a character that makes explaining shit like make sense. Does that make sense? Like. When that character explains stuff, it's not just exposition. It's like them telling somebody something. Mm-hmm. Like in Last of Us, they had Ellie. Uh, like, you know, she would ask questions that the viewer, the gamers would have. They'd be like, you know, what happened? Like, were you this? Were you that? Yeah. And that's the same thing Atreus does. He's just like, you know, so what happened to this god? Well, who's the world serpent? You know, all that stuff. Yeah. And I think that's a really great way of int- answering all those questions for players. And also introducing Mimir. Uh, which is also an interesting character on its own. Introducing Mimir, a little little infinite wealth of knowledge mm. to answer all his questions was great. Because yeah. I thought his accent would get annoying, but it was awesome. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I, re- I really liked Atreus in this game. I like how it wasn't just a, a escort mission. It was more like a I'm teaching you how to survive. Yeah, it felt more like uh, Joel and Ellie in like Last of Us 1. Exactly, yeah. Like it was actually a partnership and not a... Uh, nuisance or something you had to like worry about dying and kratos was teaching him not to be like a dick and not to be like a like ruthless and i those were some of the dopest moments where you could see kratos is like learning restraint and he wants Mm -hmm. the same for his kid too yeah that's kind of what i was gonna say i think they i agree with what jay said like atreus was one of my if not my favorite part of the game in a lot of different ways but I think they did a really good job of kind of displaying like how like how a kid would act in this type of world in this situation and your Kratos' son. Not that he really knew what that meant at the beginning, but mm-hmm. he finds that out as you go and how he reacts to it. It's very like relatable as a kid. Like if you're if you're however old he is, he seems like he's what, ten years old or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you find out you're a guy, like you're gonna feel like you're gonna feel like you're on top of the world, and he, mm-hmm. he he he. You could tell his confidence was through the roof at that point, and uh, and then near the end, that whole end scene with the mother's ashes and kind of reading the story that was already laid out that they had just experienced on the wall. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that was really huge, and it seems like he's gonna have a. I mean, it seems like the story is kind of centered around him, so it's I'm interested to see how Ragnarok utilizes him, what his story is. I don't know. Have they mentioned any details? Maybe I'm jumping ahead, but I don't know if they've mentioned any details on nah, how far haven't. in the future it's going to be. If a trade, I would imagine a trace will probably be older. But all we have is the name. Yeah, but uh, that I mean, is huge. And one thing with Atreus, I thought it was uh, it was interesting to see how like Kratos handled him because he was trying to keep him calm a lot, and it seemed like once he noticed like he was actually like getting raged out. Mm-hmm. It was like it, you could tell Kratos was worried about it because he's like, I just fucking did three games where I was, I killed my what, what was his dad or whatever Zeus. Yeah, Zeus. Mm-hmm. He killed yeah. it. He killed all them and like it's still haunting him in this game. Like he's got mm-hmm. PTSD pretty much from it with the whole uh, Freya scene or uh, fucking is it Freya? Freya's because you always be a monster. Man. Yeah, not Freya uh, then. Athena. Athena. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But uh, I, I like how, like, whenever he rages out, he's actually, like, worried about him. And the whole reason he goes and gets his blades that he, like, swore never to use again was because he was, like, getting sick from the rage and all that. So, And also a highlight of that exact same thing was uh, the moment where uh, he's, he decides, like, fuck it, I'm going to Freya. Even though they argued last and they split ways or whatever, that he went to Freya. And uh, that was also an excellent display of, like, his emotion. Because he was like banging on the door. He's like, Freya, woman, do you hear me? <laughs> and all that shit. Yeah. Uh, That's true. Yeah. It's like he has like all this ego in the first games because mm. he's just, he's literally just hunting down like viciously all these gods. And then in this one, he's like, he's vulnerable. And I think that's what they were trying to get at. Which yeah. is dope. But uh, speaking of the shit on the wall, where do you guys think this game's going to go? Because they kind of tell you what's going to happen. But I, I think it's personally going to happen in a different way than what it shows. Well, so the, the, the game, the actual main line of the game ends right there at that scene when they spread the mother's ashes. And so I, I hit all y'all up and I texted y'all and said, I'll finish the game. And everyone was like, okay, go home. That's when the story really ends. So I finally went home and I, I really, I, I didn't even think to go that. I just was kind of doing trophy cleanup and picking up things in that area and it triggered a cutscene, and then you know Thor shows up to the front door. I'm like, oh wow! So mm-hmm. I'm really interested. That, that's kind of the aspect I'm interested to see is what Atreus's role is in the next game, um, because it, you, obviously Thor is involved now. So we'll see how that goes. But also Atreus, not only being half god, but is also half giant apparently because his mom was yeah. a giant. Mm-hmm. Um, so he learned that in the cave or in that final scene. So. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm really interested to find out. Another kind of cliffhanger was right when you kill Balder, who's Freya's son, Freya's sitting there saying, you know, she's going to rain agony and all this kind of stuff on you. Mm-hmm. And for the, you know, so it seems like she's kind of going to have some kind of involvement in the next game. Um, so I'm sure that's not the last time we will hear from her. So there's a lot of, it did a good job of leaving a lot of, ways that this game can go and it might address all of them in Ragnar- Ragnarok so mm-hmm. yeah we'll see I think it's going to be like a trilogy type setting where they're going to answer yeah some big is going to happen in Ragnarok and then they're going to have a third final one where I think Kratos is going to die unfortunately which mm-hmm. will be which will suck so bad it's just like no oh, no I'm not going to give away well like I said the wall spoiler. the wall the wall said it I mean yeah well the wall said that Loki, aka Atreus, is gonna kill him. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. He's Loki, which is like yeah, I forgot about that, that opens up a whole another realm of shit. That what he's gonna do in the future, because he's supposed to be a trickster and he's supposed to have a lot more abilities too. If they follow that, so well. So a side note on that: this might be a dumb question, but in the Marvel movies, Thor and Loki are brothers. Does that carry over to like I don't know how it really is in Greek or Roman mythology, but. <laughs> Is that is that it can that any way be possible in the God of War it's, world or story? It's really complicated. Technically, the world serpent is Loki's son in Norse Norse mythology. Oh, interesting. So, I don't Yeah, know. so I don't think they're falling as okay. tight as Norse mythology. They're kind of using the characters and just kind of freely going along with it. Yeah, kind of yeah. like uh Marvel did the same thing. I mean, I don't think it's like one to one obviously right. to like what they were doing, but uh yeah, the the whole that whole thing is like way convoluted, especially with the world serpent. Which also, that was another... Uh, damn, there's so many fucking good moments. That, that you was go another, inside the serpent? Is that what you're going to say? That one, and also the part uh, in the final battle where uh, the giant's like blowing the frost breath on him. 
and then you just see the serpent come come behind it and just fucking yeah. boom, like cool. attack it. Mm. Is it is it still alive? A world serpent? I don't know. I, I think, think so. Is. I mean, right. the, the well, I don't, we don't. I guess we don't know because the last time you see it, you're inside the serpent, and Balder, I guess, is attacking it because yeah. he knows mm-hmm. that, you know Kratos and Atreus are in there. And then you, I guess, get thrown out of the serpent, and I don't think you see it after that. Yeah, so that's what I, I was referencing. The uh, when it attacks the giant, that's right after. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But after that, you oh don't yeah, see true, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, you don't see it at all. But yeah, the world, the going inside the world serpent was lit. Mm-hmm. That was and the dragon fight. We get to fight the little mm-hmm. little mini Drake, whatever I don't know what to call it. But uh, what do you you like that you like that fight yeah, a lot? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool. And I mean, and I guess it was kind of similar to the Balder fight. Like it's very cinematic. I think there's more interactivity. You actually do more. You have to dodge more. Um, and I thought the second Balder fight at the end was like that as well. Like there, there's different waves you have to handle. What Balder's throwing at you. It takes kind of a little bit. The Balder fight's not hard, but it just takes a while to kind of get him down because you just have to go it'll, you get him down to 75 percent and throws a cut scene and then 50 percent and then another cut scene and then freya's there throwing vines on you or whatever she's doing to try to stop you so yeah there were a lot of elements to that last fight but it was it was really cool i have a, I have a question what was the most shocking moment to y'all in that game because because I, I feel like a, though, that game throws a lot of curveballs and i have like three off the top of my head honestly i had no clue about the blades coming back so that whole scene mm-hmm. was like mind-blowing for me like I, I was like almost in tears because i was so excited did you know that he was going to go get it like when at what point did you no, know i didn't even know I, I he was just like i gotta go home or whatever and mm-hmm. he starts riding that boat home and i was just I, for some reason in my head i just kept thinking what could he be getting to help him like i was like i don't, I don't really know and i don't think it hit me until uh he pulled it he pulled the thing out of the ground like i i had no clue up until the point where he actually grabs it from the little cupboard. So mm-hmm. I was like, once I saw that, I was like, holy fucking shit. And then it shows Athena and it has that beautiful, beautifully written line there about how he's a monster. And he's like, I'm not your monster no more or whatever. And that was fucking great. And then he walks through her and then it just puts the camera behind your back. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> oh. Jesus. That, that was like, uh, compared with the red sky too, I was just like raining. Yeah, like it was raining world. blood yeah. and just. Yeah, yeah. I had to like pause the game and like take a second. That's how fucking <laughs> yeah extreme that was for me. What, what about you, Jim? I don't know. That's why I was sitting here trying to think. I think uh, honestly, part for me, a lot of the ending part was like like so much is unveiled, so much is unpacked, and that's kind of what the whole journey is about is to get to that final resting point, and then you find out. I mean, I get, I get early on, you find out what that Atreus is a god, but then you find out he's also a giant and then Thor comes along. I think a lot of those were like, whoa. So I, I think other than that, it was just kind of like seeing the spectacle of the Blades of Chaos or when I first started using them. That's that was like my first jaw dropping moment. It was like, wow. Like mm-hmm. just like seeing them in action was like a whole different thing. Uh, my mine would probably be either Mine, my first one would probably be Mimir getting his head chopped off. I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> that was good, yeah. <laughs> was Mimir in previous games, or was he a new character? Nah, he's, he's a new character. Yeah. Okay. He's in Norse mythology, right? Yeah, Norse. Uh, yeah, he, he was. he's just trapped in that tree, and I was like, how the fuck are they going to get his help? I was assuming they're going to like, like restore his body somehow, but he yeah. stays headless the whole game. Yeah. And yeah. then... Uh, I, lo- like, I love how like charismatic he ended up turning out to be like... Uh, when Freya brings him back to life, he she like spits on his head. Like, yeah. Oh, hello, Freya! Or whatever the fuck <laughs> yeah. he says. 
Yeah, he could have been easily like really annoying. Because yeah. you have to deal with him a lot. He's doing mostly world building in the middle of the game when you're riding the boat around. Mm-hmm. And that whole area is dope, too. I love that. Where the world serpent is. Yeah. You see him like mm-hmm. looming in the background. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And, and uh, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and having him ended up being pretty helpful, too, because there's a few scenes where um, Atreus gets hurt and you have to go kind of go on your own. And having him there with you kind of fills in that role that Atreus was doing as far as if you're in battle, let him know if something's behind you. Like that, I, I learned that was helpful for me. I mean, I know you have the little indicators that turn red, but you're not always paying attention to those. Mm-hmm. So I actually hear an Atreus say, look out behind you. And then I, I know to roll away or, or to, because sometimes I actually was oblivious to anything being behind me. So he kind of filled that role while Atreus was out. But that was one of my favorite parts too. Cause even after the story was over, like like as I'm still even now still doing trophy cleanup, he's he's telling stories, he's talking about Thor, he's mm-hmm. he's doing all he's doing all this extra stuff that you could have easily just left out of the game. Mm. But this game just has so much attention to detail and they obviously took their time with it as I'm learning in this documentary. I, mm-hmm. I mean it was years in, in the making, so I think I think even after the story's done, they they find ways to kind of keep you going for the collectibles and to keep playing and do the new game plus if you want to go that route. So. Yeah, and he also serves as like a, a moral compass for like uh, Atreus and, and Kratos, kind of like he kind of addresses like Kratos's brutality and also Atreus's like cockiness mm-hmm. when he's getting like too too big for his britches, so to speak. Yep. Then uh, yeah, I think he's a great character. Um, to wrap this up. Uh, one last thing. I don't know if you've hit up any of the Valkyries yet. I have not. I've talked to Steve, Phil, and Jacob, and every and Adrian, I believe, and every single one of them, they're like, "That's the hardest thing you encounter in this game." Yeah. So I'm not looking forward to that. I'm gonna I'm gonna save that for the very last thing. I'm I'm literally I haven't collected all of any of the collectibles, so I'm still I'm kind of just going area by area, and getting the ravens, getting the language ciphers, getting. All the chest, everything I need to get completion, and then I'm gonna kind of go jump into the Valkyrie. So I'm gonna try to get all of my armor and my health fully upgraded and all that stuff before I jump in there. Well, the, just the Valkyries a, are fucking. Yeah, good. just a helpful tip since uh, me and Jay have both beaten the Valkyries. Did you get the plat? No, I <laughs> I killed one Valkyrie. Oh and what? I killed one Valkyrie and I just. You didn't get the plat on that? No, I didn't get the plat. Oh my I, god! I, I didn't really. I, I love the story. I just. I don't have. I didn't have the patience to go back and collect it. It's not yeah. that bad, really. Like, really? Last of Us Two has an issue with that, where like after you beat the game, you have the the game save with like the from the start to the to the end that you played, and you have to keep that as like a separate game save because if you start the game over and you're in chapter two. There's not a chapter select on that save. Mm-hmm. So you literally have to like load that other save just to like check your progress. So that's a fucking pain in the ass and you have to do the cleanup. This one is just you go clean up everything and then you fight the Valkyries. Like that's it. And it's really not that bad. Like once you just pull up a video, a lot of them I just remembered that I got already. And then, you know, mm. kind of cleaned up whatever I missed. But even still, it didn't take long. I think it only took like uh, roughly maybe an hour to like knock out the collectibles. Mm-hmm. But the Valkyries... God, man. Just a tip. <laughs> they are very fucking difficult. The last one in particular is like, I was like squeezing my controller. Like, it is fucking so <laughs> difficult. God. So, every, and, every time I pick a game to try to play, it, the very last part is, I mean, which I guess makes sense, but like The Witness, I, it, it took me a week or two to plot that very last challenge, 
even not beat the actual game in mm-hmm. two hours. Yeah. So, yeah, I figured I was going to have some kind of challenge with the rest of this. Well, here's yeah. a helpful tip. Each Valkyrie has a different gimmick. Mm-hmm. Like, one will, like, flap in the air and slam down on you. And that that's all it will mainly do in that fight. One will, like, teleport behind you or whatever. I'm, I don't even know if these are true, but that's basically the theme. Each one does something different. The last one does all the moves. <laughs> oh, and yeah. it is, really? like, yes. And it, that one, I think, uh, I forgot her name. It starts with the S or something. Freya. No, it's like Sig. Sig oh, I forgot. World Serpent. But uh, no, the the last chant, the last uh, Valkyrie. <laughs> Those start with S's, yeah. Uh, I think so, yeah. <laughs> um, but that, the, yeah, that one, I would say probably knock out the Valkyries first, then do the collective. You think so? Yeah, because oh, just so you know that if you like want to get into it or not, and I'd, I'd also recommend before you hop into any other big game, I would probably knock knock out God of War so you don't like forget about it. Because if you're rusty on the controls too, it's gonna be even more difficult. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I decided. I'm, I'm going to focus 100% on God of War and then go into other games after that. But yeah, I'm now that the story's done, the collectibles are pretty easy so far. Um, you know, it's just going. It's just a matter of finding it. And I'm, I'm trying to go area by area instead of doing all the Ravens or all the, you know, whatever. So I'm just kind of knock them out as I go. I'm surprisingly, one of the trophies is kill a thousand enemies. I'm surprisingly haven't gotten that yet. So... Hmm. That's kind of another thing. As I collect the trophies or collect the collectibles, I can kind of knock that out as well. Yeah, yeah. I I fought the first Valkyrie and I immediately was just like, okay, <laughs> uh, like <laughs> I killed it, and uh, I spent like three straight days or some shit like that just fighting it. That motherfucker was so hard. Well, the thing is, they're they're very fair. Like they are fair. It's yeah, just, you just have to learn their moves, just like Dark Souls, and just beat them. And uh, it's like. They're fair and there's it's so satisfying to beat them. Like once you actually get them all down, mm-hmm. it's and on top of that, you might have difficult with one Valkyrie, mm-hmm. and then like two other Valkyries might be super easy. I think there's seven total or something. It's like seven or eight, I think. Something like that. Do but, they have built-in checkpoints in the like if you get close to beating it and you die, you have to start all the way over. <laughs> start yeah. all the oh, fucking Jesus. way over. Yeah, but I mean they're not like very long battles. They're just. Just difficult. They're just bosses. Yeah, you're yeah. fighting bosses, and they're they have their own special room, so you don't have to like run back to it or anything. It's just right in front of you. Yeah. But uh, cool. but yeah, they they get a little difficult, and some of the collectibles are in the rooms that they're in, so you can kind of get that open and then go wipe out, knock the those out. Yeah. And then at least at the very least, like after you get that out of the hard part, then you can just like easily knock out the easy trophy. But the fucking Valkyries are, I would not save it for last. Put it that way. You have another <laughs> witness situation where you're like, fuck this game. Damn. Yeah. yeah, maybe I should go home and just try to at least knock one or two of them out. Just kind of know what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. And we can end it there. I'm glad we kind of wrapped up because this brought up like a lot of memories from that game. that I Because I played it back in 2018 and I haven't really played it since. I hit it up a little bit on PS5, like the whole 60 frames update, whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I haven't. I'm, I have like very rose tinted glasses and I'm, I'm rusty on like what I remember from it. So even you bringing up like the... Uh, the world serpent part like immediately clicked in my brain. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> that part's such a fucking. There's so there's so many great parts. It's hard to pick one. Yeah. Like, ugh. And that's why it's the best game ever made. Yeah, best yeah. game. I agree with that. Um, thank you guys for listening. I want to shout out the Mystic Maddox Instagram as well. Again and again, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and we will see you next time. Say bye. 
See y'all. Thanks for checking us out. Bye. Make sure end you it, rate Joe. and subscribe. End it. End it. End and it. follow us on Instagram at mystic.madox. End it. <laughs>